So something I typically do when I'm trying to remember the capital of a state is I sing them in alphabetical order. May sound weird, but in second grade, we did a play. I don't remember the play. Sing for America, I think, was the name of the play. And one of the songs was the entire second grade class singing in alphabetical order the states. And then before that would be the cap. How in the world do I still remember that? But I do hope that the capital that I'm needing is in between Alabama and Illinois because that's all that I remember. Montgomery, Alabama, Juneau, Alaska, Phoenix, Arizona, Little Rock, Arkansas. And just take my word for it that I can go all the way to Illinois. And then after that, I got to look at a map. Is that in any way related to what we're talking about today? Absolutely not. Hello and welcome back to another episode, episode six of the Not My Will But Yours podcast. I am Elle Johnson, your host for this podcast, the previous five podcasts, and hopefully many more to come. Today is Sunday. It is January the 9th. So we did go to church today and it was a great service. He, the preacher talked about complacency and how people are just lukewarm they get complacent, they get comfortable with where they are, and there is no growth. So that, I am very thankful for that sermon and the takeaway from that. I took lots of notes. It's one of my favorite things to do in church is to take notes on sermon. I had a friend growing up who was the daughter of a Baptist preacher, and she always took notes in the service, and I always wondered why she did that. I think it was kind of like an assignment, like her her parents wanted her to do that, but she actually enjoyed it, and I never really understood what she was doing and what she was getting out of the service because I was still kind of young, and so I didn't really understand, but I completely understand now. It's one of my favorite things to do because I just feel like I get a lot from the service, and there's a lot that I want to remember, and writing it down, taking notes keeps you involved, keeps you engaged, and you can always go back and look at your notes and kind of what your thoughts were at that time. Today, I wanted to talk about my favorite inspirational quote. And basically, for like maybe a couple of minutes, I just kind of wanted to tell you what my favorite inspirational quote is. That's not a Bible verse. But what happened when I started researching this quote, I, w- I was amazed. So my whole point of even researching the quote to begin with was just to make sure that I knew who said it. A lot of the times when you find a quote on the internet or something like that, it just, a name is slapped underneath it and it's like, oh, did they really say that? The quote is, be the change you want to see in the world. And that's been my favorite quote for a while. I even have it hanging in my house. My mom did like a canvas picture of a picture of me and then she asked me what my favorite quote was and then she, and so I told her that one and she put it on there. So it's been my favorite quote for a while. For some reason, I thought at first that Nelson Mandela had said it and then I went down a Mandela effect rabbit hole and it wasn't him that said it anyway. So, (laughs) but it ended up being Mahatma Gandhi, better known as just Gandhi. I put in Google, be the change you want to see in the world. And it came up, you know, a lot of pictures and images of Gandhi with the quote that said that he said it. And I scrolled down a little bit because I wanted to know where it came from. And it says, be the change you wish to see in the world. Mahatma Gandhi is often credited 
credited with saying this, but little do people know, Gandhi actually didn't say it at all. And guess what? I spent the better part of a day researching where in the world that quote came from. Why, you may ask? Because I love random facts. I love a good trivia game. I love a good trivia fact. The place that I ended up after my research was finished amazed me and kind of brought everything full circle. And it led me to this podcast episode because originally, like I said, I was just going to mention the quote and what it meant to me. But this research is quite fascinating. Let's just see where we end up today. So buckle down and get ready for a history lesson in Gandhi. No, I'm just kidding. If you're not a history buff, you know, history can be a little snoozy. That's not what we're going to do. For starters, that actual quote, Gandhi never said. So where did that come from? And what I found was, and I'll link all of the articles down below that I came across, it appears that this quote is the result of a very lengthy game of telephone where you tell somebody something and then they say it slightly different and then the next person will say it slightly different till you get through a bunch of people and it comes out and it's just completely not what he said. But this, in this case, it's more of a summary. The original quote is actually from a letter that Gandhi had written in 1913. Gandhi passed away in 1948. The first sources of the abbreviated quote appeared many years later in 1974 within a book chapter written by educator Arlene Lawrence. It was called The Love Project. And then a couple of more years later, in 1987, Santa Fe, New Mexico newspaper published that as well. And that actually came from an article from medium.com, and Medium is an American online publishing platform. So that came from there. Now, the fact that the quote wasn't said by Gandhi was easy to find. That was easy research to do and something I kind of just stumbled upon. What was difficult to find then was, okay, well, is this information true? Where is the letter? I want to read the letter that he wrote that has this in there. And that was a little bit more difficult to find. I, f I did eventually find it and it is in a collected works of Gandhi's. There are 98 volumes and situated in volume 13 is that letter and it's titled General Knowledge About Health 32 Accidents Snakebite. The actual quote where the famous quote comes from says, We but mirror the world. If we could change ourselves, the tendencies in the world would also change. As a man changes his own nature, so does the attitude of the world change towards him. This is the divine mystery supreme. A wonderful thing it is in the source of our happiness. We need not wait to see what others do. So the two main sentences in this excerpt from that letter is if we could change ourselves, the tendencies in the world would also change. We need not wait to see what others do. But what was even more interesting after doing all of that research, I wanted to know a little bit more about Gandhi because I knew who he was, okay? Somebody says Gandhi and you think, oh, a peaceful person, or that's what I think. That's all I know. That's, I didn't know anything else about him. So who is Gandhi? Gandhi became one of the most respected spiritual and political leaders of the 1900s. 
Gandhi helped free the Indian people from British rule through non-violent resistance and is honored by Indians as the father of the Indian nation. Now, this is the Indians of India. A lot of the time around the part of the world where I live, the part of the United States, Indians is referred to as Native Americans, or that's what a lot of people associate that word with. And this is not Native Americans. This is the actual people of India. He was highly influenced. Now listen to this. He was highly influenced by Thoreau, Tolstoy, Ruskin, and above all, the life of Jesus Christ. The Bible, precisely the Sermon on the Mount, had a great influence on him. This is where it starts to get really interesting for me. Gandhi, a Hindu, somebody who practiced Hinduism, who was not a Christian, did not identify as a Christian, was deeply influenced by Jesus Christ in the Sermon on the Mount. Gandhi spoke a message to Christians explaining what a Christian should be. Now, it may seem odd to want to take advice from someone who, like I said, doesn't identify as a Christian, but sometimes it can be a little bit interesting to get an outsider's perspective, a third-party view of how they see you. Now, granted, people's opinions shouldn't matter if somebody's saying negative things about you or something to, of that sort or spreading rumors or you're scared and fearful of what people will think of you. But on the contrary, it is interesting to hear what other people that aren't Christians how they view Christians because a lot of the time they'll have one encounter with a Christian and then everybody gets put in that same box. So what did Gandhi, what does Gandhi say about Christians and to Christians? I read the message that he had for Christians and to be honest it's pretty spot on. It comes from mkgandhi.org which I will have linked below. It says, Gandhi admired the Sermon on the Mount which shaped his whole philosophy of life, and hoped to see Christians live up to its standards. While living with Christians in England, South Africa, and India, Gandhi expected to experience qualities like unconditional love, forgiveness, willingness to sacrifice, meekness, etc. Qualities of Christ. To his utmost dismay, Christians in his era never lived up to the standards preached by Christ in the Sermon on the Mount and on the Cross. This is continuing in that article. Seeing Gandhi live the Christian missionary, E. Stanley Jones asked him, Mr. Gandhi, though you quote the words of Christ often, why is it that you appear to adamantly reject becoming his follower? The latter's reply was clear. Oh, I don't reject your Christ. I love your Christ. It is just that so many of you Christians are so unlike your Christ. At this juncture, many questions passed in our mind. What led Gandhi to make such a statement, which is at the same time a call for concern and an eye-opener for any contemporary Christian? What can we take from this statement, and what are our fears? And that's the end of the article. Initially, like I said, I was only researching Gandhi to see if he actually said the quote, be the change you want to see in the world. I never expected to find something that would kind of feel like a punch to the gut, but it's true in my life i see more people who live a christ-like life that don't even identify as christians and i see people who do call themselves christians but don't act like jesus at all their actions don't match their words 
And it's heartbreaking because anyone who is a follower of Jesus gets put into that same box as those other people if that's the only exposure someone has to Christianity. So the question is, what can we individually do as followers of Christ to change how the world perceives Christians? How can we be the change we want to see in Christianity. Regardless of the quote, if this quote came from Gandhi, it doesn't matter because the premise remains the same. If you want to see change, you need to embody that. It's really difficult to make other people change, but we can encourage that by being the example, by living a life more like Christ. But what does that look like? First, just like we did in episode four, think of the characteristics that come to mind when you think of Jesus Christ. For me, it's humility, love, compassion, things of that nature. Now, what is that for you? Now, let's refer back to the Sermon on the Mount. If you haven't read it in its entirety, go ahead and do that at some point. It's Matthew 5, 6, and 7. And if you have, reread it. Reread it again. Because this is what we should be doing. This we need to embody. So while he was traveling near the Sea of Galilee, Jesus decided to speak to his disciples about what it means to follow him. I did, I clipped a summary because I am not going to read all three chapters of Matthew. I'm not going to read 5, 6, and 7 to you because I want you to read that for yourself. But a bit of a summary is according to Jesus, God gives blessings to the meek, humble people, those who make peace, those who show mercy to others. Jesus also mentioned that people who are persecuted because of their faith will be blessed and find reward in heaven. Does that mean you have to be (laughs) persecuted because of your faith? I don't think so, but if you are, then you will be blessed and find reward in heaven. Now, these next ones are really important, not more important than anything else, but important and relevant in our society here today in 2022. Possessions on earth are not important. Meaningful spiritual treasures will be found by good people in heaven. So your possessions on earth, not important. Can you take those things to heaven with you? You cannot. People should not worry because God will take care of them. That speaking to me because <laughs> as you know, I have chronic anxiety and have for basically my whole life. People should not worry because God will take care of them. People should not judge each other. It is hypocritical to do so and only God can sit in judgment. This is so important. It's incredibly difficult to not judge people. It is a human characteristic that is extremely difficult to get away from. You have to make a conscious effort to do so. It's so easy to get caught up when someone is saying something negative about somebody or judging somebody to get caught up in that and to reciprocate that. We can't get caught up in those things. Just because they may judge us too or someone may judge us for being a Christian, that does not give us the license to turn around and judge them too. Because that wouldn't be being the change we want to see. That would be giving in to worldly views. So we have to stand strong and it can be extremely difficult, especially not even just when you're young, actually. I was going to say especially when you're young, but it doesn't go away when you get to be an adult at all, especially 
in the workplace. It's it's so easy to get caught up in workplace gossip. It is extremely difficult in junior high and high school to see past the gossip. It's a little bit easier when you're an adult to see past it and to get to that point. But I feel like in middle school and high school, it's so hard to get past not participating and judging others and not gossiping about others. Because a lot of the time you feel like you want to fit in and you try to fit in and misery loves company. If somebody is saying something about someone else that they don't like, it's extremely easy to be in the company of that and to participate. And that's something we have to actively work on disassociating from. And as you get further into the word, I have felt this in my own heart. I feel like I have been judgy in the past, definitely 100% not perfect, but my goal in my heart doesn't want to judge people because we don't know their situations. We don't. And and if they're not hurting us, if they're not hurting someone else, and they're just living their life, who are we to judge that? We can only be the change we want to see. We can only embody what we wish that other people would be, which is a follower of Jesus. So we have to embody that so that people will want to join that. But we can't judge people and we can't sit here and gossip about people who aren't followers of Jesus or aren't embodying that change because we don't really have the right to do that. In the end, God is going to be the ultimate judge. It is not our responsibility to judge people. Now, with that being said, this does not exclude those who are criminally in the wrong, okay? So I'm not talking about, you know, someone who does something bad. Like if someone's doing something bad that's hurting someone else, obviously they need to be, you know, held accountable for those actions. But this goes for people who aren't hurting us at all, people who are not bothering us, people who are just maybe living a different lifestyle than we live, it's not up to us to judge that. It's absolutely up to God to judge that because we we don't make the final decision. He does. All we can do is embody what God and Jesus want us to embody here on earth, which is to be more like Jesus. One of the verses I really, really love from the Sermon on the Mount, which it's all great, but if I could only choose one to share, it would be, Matthew 5, 9, God blesses those who work for peace, for they will be called the children of God. In 2022, it's so important that we be that change, that we are working for peace in the name of God, in the name of Jesus. And I love that God blesses those who work for peace. Another thing is God will help people who seek his help. What does that mean? I can only give what my heart believes it means. There's something that you need, ask. Ask him for it. And if it's something that is meant to be, then it's going to be in his time because his timing is perfect. And that's really hard. Waiting for those things is hard. But if you don't ask, you can't receive. So you have to ask God for those things. And the last one, the last summary thing that it points out is, the way to heaven is difficult to pass through like a narrow gate. But getting to hell is easy, like a wide gateway. That's incredibly profound. The way to heaven is difficult to pass through like a narrow gate. I've said this in almost every episode since I heard this in my connection group, which is we do not drift towards holiness. We drift towards 
worldliness. So that's why it's saying that it's difficult to pass through like a narrow gate. Because you have to consciously make the decision to follow Jesus every day. But the way, but getting to hell is easy, like a wide gateway. We drift towards worldliness. And that is so easy. You can unconsciously drift towards worldliness. There's absolutely no effort whatsoever into just being worldly. There's no effort you have to put into that at all. But to be a follower of Jesus means that you're consciously choosing Jesus every day. You're choosing this path every day. You're choosing heaven over hell. And that's so important. Our tendencies are going to be to not do a Bible study every day, to not listen to worship music ever, to not read our Bibles, to not do these, to not go to church, these things, which admittedly, I skip Bible studies. Maybe I don't mean to sometimes, and then sometimes maybe I make a conscious effort or a a conscious decision. I'm not going to do it today, you know? And I think we all do that. If you don't do that, then what's your secret? (laughs) But we all do that. And so we have to consciously make a decision that we are not going to skip, that we are going to keep on the path with Jesus and what he wants us to be. Now, remember, that's Matthew 5, 6, and 7. After you listen to this, if you're at work or something like that, put your headphones in and listen to the whole thing because it's really important as followers of Jesus that we follow and embody what he wants us to be. And isn't that so crazy that I went from just wanting to know who said my favorite quote all the way through to Jesus? A quote that's not even biblical at all. And it rounded me around into a circle back to be the change. Be the change you want to see in Christianity. I remember whenever I was I was writing out what I wanted to say in this episode. It was maybe a week ago. And I was it was in bed and I was about, to, my husband was about to fall asleep. And I was like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh. I, I just got back to, I was researching this quote and it brought me all the way back to Jesus. And he was like, I'm so happy for you. And he, but he was like half asleep. But it's so true, you know, be the change that you want to see. What are things that you want to see Christians be? And what is your favorite inspirational quote? Where does that come from? Have you ever researched it to see where exactly it came from? You never know where you might end up. The song recommendation of the week is Peace Be Still by Hope Darst. It's such a beautiful song. It says, peace be still. You are here, so it is well. Even when my eyes can't see, I will trust the voice that speaks. I love that. Thank you so much for listening today, and I appreciate you for going on this journey with me. As always, you can email me at letstalkpod at yahoo.com. And this week, I have a special new series, quote-unquote series, spinoff segment that is called Off Topic. These episodes are going to consist of subjects that are more or less off-topic from these main episodes. They may include interviews or or just guest conversations, or even just me talking about a subject that doesn't necessarily fit into 
a main episode. And this week, our first off-topic episode is going to feature my mom, and I'm going to release that on Wednesday, so stay tuned for that. It's a lot of fun, and we had a lot of fun recording it. Also, you can visit the blog post that will go along with this episode and the other Not My Will But Yours podcast episodes on mywillpod.com on the blog page, so you can check that out there. And in the meantime, remember that Jesus loves you, and God bless. Bye!